Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Mary Dung is a filmmaker and video artist. She created and co-wrote queer drama web series Two Weeks, which premiered at Brisbane Queer Film Festival 2018 and won Best Web Series at the SAE Atom Awards 2018. Through the screen, through the, through the, sorry, but Screen Queensland is a tongue twister and I should be good at tongue twisters because I'm gay, but it's a hard one. Let's try that again. Through the Screen Queensland SBS Unscripted Initiative, she produced and co-wrote Bananas, which was an official selection into South by Southwest Film Festival and Inside Out LGBT Film Festival in 2020. In 2019, she was selected to the Screen Producers Australia Ones to Watch program. And this story was performed on Turbulent Yagara Land at Goma in Brisbane at an event presented alongside their William Yang Seeing and Being Seen exhibition. We ask storytellers to take inspiration from that exhibit and from William's iconic career documenting and celebrating our community. The first time I saw William Yang speak was at the Powerhouse in 2019 as part of the Melt Festival. Um, Listening to him share his stories, I felt something deep inside me that I couldn't describe. Looking at his work, I connect with his practice of storytelling and writing, uh, particularly in his portraiture, uh, that to me, it feels like an empowering way to write your own story, to take ownership and to document on your own terms. So I'm here to tell you a story that I'm well-versed in, one that I've told myself time and time again in one form or another for as long as I can remember. But I'm trying to play with it. Um, So in my filmmaking work, I reimagine narratives, celebrate queer joy, and play with well-worn, tied concepts. Tonight, I'm bringing that approach to the stories I've told myself. Okay. Oh, thank you, Claire. (laughs) Growing up, our little family of five lived in Brisbane's Outer West, which was mostly white and middle class. As a kid, I felt so awkward in my body, hyper-aware of my differences, and incredibly confused about sex and sexuality. My sisters and I would kind of talk around this kind of stuff, but I had so many questions that I felt really weird about asking. You know, my family, I believe we all tried our best, but there's a lot that goes unspoken between us even now. My parents met at an Indonesian refugee camp in the early 1980s after the fall of Saigon. They both escaped Vietnam by boat, which is something I can't even imagine doing, and they spent several months in that refugee camp. When they came to Brisbane, they worked hard, they kept to themselves, went to church, and built a life for their family within the Vietnamese community here. I remember feeling strange whenever Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman video would play on Rage. Or there was one time when I was in primary school uh, when one of the older students performed to Cece Peniston's Finally. And I don't know, but I felt confused or I was, I don't know, um, as I watched her perform. And I played that performance back in my head and I still think about it to this day, I guess. Um, something about those moments felt really formative to me, but I knew I had to keep them to myself. I couldn't really articulate why. 
Maybe it was the, the way my dad talked about the woman in his workplace who was in a lesbian relationship, like she was a punchline and a joke. Or, of course, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that we went to church every week and, you know, the priest would occasionally give his homily on marriage being between a man and a woman. Or it could have been the countless statues or prints of Jesus, Mary and or Joseph that make up my family's home decor. Seriously, there's so many. <laughs> so for me to talk about seeing and being seen, I have to talk about hiding because I learned to hide from a very young age. When I was around 13 or 14, we moved to a little house in Indrapilly with one bathroom. I'd started putting the pieces together at this point, but I couldn't say the words out loud. It was too scary. Writing something down, saying something out loud, in my mind, there's a permanence to it that really freaks me out. <laughs> so I used to lock myself in that one bathroom we had with bulk shampoo and conditioner bottles keeping me company because my mum believes in stockpiling sale items. And I also didn't know much about the environment back then, so I'm very sorry that I did this, but I'd let the shower run to escape suspicion. And I'd go in there and I used to write all over my body in biro, along my arms and my legs, I'm not gay, it's not true, make it go away. Both externalizing my greatest fears and hoping I could exercise them then I'd climb into the shower and scrub it all off, shamefully hiding from myself once again. There have been times when I have laid in bed next to somebody that I have loved and felt intense loneliness because I was hiding, hiding difficult feelings I struggled to process, things I wanted but couldn't ask for, and parts of myself I didn't like. I believed that hiding would make me easier to love. I now know the opposite to be true. Sorry. In 2019... I met someone who I saw as full of life, confident in her own skin, supportive, generous, and incredibly kind. She met me where I was while being open and clear about where she was. I wanted to know everything about her, and more importantly, I wanted her to know me. I struggled to find the words, I struggled to talk about what I wanted, but when I got there, I was really proud to call her my girlfriend. But the stories and patterns that I grew up with were really hard to shake. Last year in April, at the height of our COVID lockdown, I was mucking around with my friend Ella, also my then-girlfriend's my then sister, out front of their house in West End. I was cycling, Ella was skateboarding, it was all very wholesome. I had also just come out of 14 days of home isolation after coming home from America, so I was very grateful to spend some time outside. A man walked past us and called me a chink. At first, I couldn't really believe it, and then my stomach sank and I froze. He quickly became aggressive, telling us we were spreading disease and that we needed to go home. From what I can remember, we tried to reason with him, or Ella did, because I became a potato, um, but he just kept yelling at us. There were so many things running through my head, things I wanted to say to him to make him stop, things I wanted to yell back because I was so angry to have been made to feel so small but I couldn't externalize any of those things because I was so scared. He threatened us. Get inside or I'll bash you. He charged at us a number of times, getting closer and more aggressive each time until he was right in our faces, which by the way, is not very socially distanced. He moved towards us once more. Then his face shifted. He saw us differently. Oh, you're girls. I was gonna bash you because I thought you were dudes. I was stunned angry, but also just tired. 
I wanted to stand my ground, but I felt unsafe. Shame washed over me when I turned back into the house, hiding once more. That was the first time in my life that I had been racially abused in a way that was violent or threatened violence. But it was not the first time someone has felt like they could verbally attack me, to physically intimidate me, to invite themselves into my space and to comment on who I am. The thing about what happened with that man for me is that it brought up all this stuff, stuff that comes up every time I'm in a situation like this. It reinforces the stories that I've been told and the stories that I've told myself. I feel othered, I feel less than, and I feel unworthy. And just like the times before that, I internalized what he said and the story that I told myself about it. That weekend, curled up with my then-girlfriend, I shared concerns about her being with someone like me, coming purely from a place of insecurity and a place of being told that I don't matter as much. In response, she told me she loved that I was Asian. I was crying my eyes out, but in that moment, I burst out laughing because it sounded like I could imagine someone fetishizing me and saying that exact same thing, but I knew her and I knew that that's not what she meant. And she told me, I just mean that I love everything about you. And I don't think anyone had ever said that to me before. While things didn't work out between us, I know that she meant it. Being in our relationship really shifted things for me. It shifted how I saw myself. In January this year, I made a piece of video work for Shandy Party's Big Summer Blowout, a queer dance party here in Mianjin created by my dear friend Thomas. It was one of the wildest and freest shoots I have ever done. I had no idea what to expect. There was a loose schedule, but nothing was planned. Uh, we just had a bunch of fruit, ice creams, water guns, and a group of people happy to show up. What we created together was something truly special, and a big part of it was due to our beautiful cast. I gave them a concept, and they ran with it. For me, the beauty in the work is that it's showing our community as we are and as we want to be seen. In this instance, playful, sensual, and powerful. The camera's there to document a moment in time, and very little of what we captured that day was constructed. My little heart jumped for joy when the video screened on stage at the Tivoli. I stood back amid 800-odd dancing people with the work that we made on stage behind them at an event my friend created where he has fostered this beautiful space for countless queer creators, performers, and DJs to play in. At one stage that night, I was watching the performances backstage, both separate from the crowd, yet so in the moment with everyone, and I was dancing and jumping, and I took my shirt off for the first time ever in a public club context. And that was one of the purest moments of joy I have ever felt. I had never felt so in my body. I had never felt such a strong sense of community. And I had never felt so comfortable with myself. For me, there is a constant dialogue in my head around vulnerability and risk, especially when it comes to seeing and being seen. Because people will see what they want to see, but they can also only see what you show them. My family left so much unsaid, I didn't want them to see me. That man that verbally abused me saw what he wanted to see, and he filled in the blanks with aggression. And my ex saw what I let her see, and she lovingly gave me what she could. For the longest time inside, I was still me at 13, hiding in that bathroom, externalizing things to myself, and then erasing them. I'm learning to take ownership over my own stories and to see myself as I am. Thanks in part to the people I have loved, my friends, the communities I'm lucky to be a part of, and my creative work. So thank you for coming tonight and meeting me where I am.
Thanks for listening. You can hear more stories from this event, The Power of Being Seen, on the YouTube channel for the Queensland Gallery of Modern Art. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.